Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. Whether you're joining us in person here or you're joining us, um, listen to this online later, so excited that you guys are um, joining us for the ride. We have been in this month a series that we've been calling Summer Mixtape. And Summer Mixtape, just a hodgepodge of messages that we've been throwing together, whatever God kind of puts on our hearts. And um, I hope, though, that years from now, you're going to be able to reflect back on some of these messages, that they'll have a real special spot in your heart, maybe like some of the tunes that you had growing up that kind of take you back to a real emotional place in life, you know, whether it be all happy or maybe you have a breakup song that you, every now and then you just have a guilty pleasure and you go sit in the truck and you want to feel emotional. Again, you turn that thing on. I don't do that, but maybe you do. I'm happy with my wife. I don't know what you guys are feeling, but I'm just, I'm just kidding y'all. Okay. It's Cool. Uh, moving on. So we're, uh, I hope that you guys uh, have been enjoying this month, though. Um, next month, we are starting next week, actually. We're starting a brand new series. We're called Go Fish. And Jesus said to his disciples, I'm gonna, I will make you fishers of men. And so what does that mean for us as Christians? And it's going to be a great, great, great series for anybody that's looking to kind of grow in that area of being able to talk to someone about your faith. And um, some people just... They don't do it because they don't know how to do it. And so we're going to be talking about what does it mean to be a Christian and sharing our faith with other people. But today, we're still in summer mixtape, um, and, and I'm really excited about what God wants to say. I don't, I don't know if any of you guys have ever been on uh, the water that much, like the ocean. Um, maybe you guys take trips. I don't know, but I love it. I love the ocean. I love everything about the ocean. I was raised in Florida. I was born in San Diego, California, raised in Florida. And so the ocean was kind of always been a part of um, my life. And I love it. I love boats. I love the ocean. I love the waves. I grew up in north, north central Florida. So we are kind of like just a little under two hours from uh, any beach in either to the east or to the west. And so any given weekend, we could just take a day trip and go over to the beach and enjoy ourselves, and uh, so my dad took us to the ocean a lot. Um, We usually had a wrestling tournament on the beach, and we made a weekend of it, and he took us out, and uh, we spent time on the ocean. My dad, as he was growing up, he was a skipper of, um, of boats on the Outer Banks of North Carolina. So he knew his way around a boat. And one of our favorite things to do together was to go on a boat a mile or two offshore and just kind of float around and kind of hang out. And, and we didn't fish or anything. We just hung out and we talked and we were just sitting out there on the water. In fact, um, one time my dad took me out there. I was younger. My dad took me out there uh, about a mile into the ocean. Nobody else was around. And he said, okay, son. My brother and I, were both, we were both there. He's like, okay, we don't ever say these words when ladies are around. And so that's when I learned to cuss. I started screaming cuss words. He said, you can yell these at the top of your lungs as long as nobody's... Don't judge me. Listen, I wasn't raised in church. Okay, I had excuses. You guys have no excuses to cuss. But I was sitting there shouting cuss words. It was my first chance. You know when the, when the floodgates break open. Y'all know how you'd feel about it. So... 
Anyway, but I, I have a real love for being on a boat. And I remember um, one time we were a couple miles out and we saw these really bad storm clouds that just started rolling in like dark ones, like these thunderheads were, were crazy. And you just knew that it was about to be bad. And my dad saw them. And so we, we started speeding in toward um, the dock because, you know, it was about to get real bad. My dad had an eye for that. And so... We, we start going in, and on the way back, the sea starts getting real rough. Like, it starts getting really, really choppy. The skies are dark. The water's choppy. The wind starts picking up. And, and I found a little bit of safety because I was in the boat, and my dad was driving. You know what I mean? Like, I was, I was hunkered down. And, and, but I tell you what, never once, while I'm headed back in that crazy, it started storming, it was raining, it was crazy, never once that whole time did it cross my mind that I was would want to get out of that boat at that moment. Didn't want to. It was safe where I was at. No way, Jose. And, and so, especially, you never, you just don't know what's going on down beneath the boat, right? That's the, that's the, unless you get up on one of those parasail things that I'm not doing, because I like to, I like the ocean. I want to keep liking the ocean. So, but no way, no how was I thinking about at any time stepping outside of that boat while the waves were going and the wind was, was roaring and, the, and it was just downpour because I found my safety in the boat where I was at. And this morning, we're looking at a story in the New Testament and it involves a boat, it involves a lake, um, a storm, and 13 dudes. It sounds like a terrible joke I'm about to set up, but it's true. You find it, um, did I just snort? Sure did. Welcome to Summit View, snorting. Used to, <laughs> never mind. Not going there. So let me set this up, okay? Here's some context for you with this story. Jesus and his disciples had just fed over 5,000 people, and it was a big miracle, and, but they only had uh, five fish and two loaves of bread to do it with. And so right after that is where we pick up in our text this morning, Matthew chapter 14, verses, uh, starting verse 22. You can follow along in your message notes. You can follow along on the screens behind me, or if you have your own Bible, feel free to open that up. Matthew chapter 14 says this, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. He kind of hung out and did the pastor thing for a while, you know what I mean? And, and after he dismissed them, he went on to the mountainside by himself to pray because people are cray. That was me that added that last part. Um, he had to get away to recharge, you know? No, you don't get it. Okay, later that night, he was there alone and the boat was already considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. And shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it's I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And then Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on water and he came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshipped him saying, truly, you are the son of God. 
So Jesus' disciples had just been a part of this huge miracle, feeding over 5,000 people, five fish, two loaves, big miracle, bold faith. They're probably still on this emotional high from it all, and Jesus immediately tells them, okay, get in the boat, cross the water, go across the lake, and I'll meet you on the other side. And while the boat's in the middle of this water, the storm starts. And so if I'm a disciple, I'm thinking, this is Jesus, the Son of God, this sucker knew this storm was coming. You know what I mean? Like he knew it was happening. And the storm starts while they're halfway through and the boat is buffeted by the wind and the waves. And then Jesus, out of nowhere, starts walking towards them on the water in the middle of a storm. And then that crazy thing um, that, that happens next, Peter decides, hey, I'm going to... But let's be honest, though. In, at this moment in the story... Everybody here, if you've read this story, you've tried this, right? Or is it just me? Like, you tried to walk on water at least one time. You just, everybody had that crazy thought. And you just, I'm, you know what? You see the pool. You look around. Nobody's around. And you just tap, maybe tap a toe first. You know what I mean? Is it sinking or is it staying? And, and you just, you tap a toe and you're just going to be safe, Right? You just tap a toe into it. You never know. You just never know until you try. So you, you just tap a toe. And then, you know what would be really crazy, though? If instead of just standing here and, and tapping right there, see how it, how it was, if you went ahead and stepped in all the way, just put it all out there and just, I'm going for it, and you probably would sink. But, hey, you tried. But, of course, you didn't do that, right? You didn't just step out. You didn't just step into the water to see if you could walk it. Why? Because you, know, you were wearing dry clothes, probably had your phone in your pocket, and that would just be crazy. Let's be honest, right? It would just be crazy if I was going to walk on this water. I was, no one in their right mind would just step out into that pool unprepared and without any surety that your foot is going to land on something solid. You struggle to do that in a pool, and, and you know what, I bet, I would make a bet because I, I live from experience that you probably struggle with that in life too. Not just tapping a toe, but just going ahead and stepping out, no surety of what's going to happen. You have the urge, you got the feeling. I think we were singing that song this morning. Before y'all came in, you don't know, it was karaoke happening up in here. It was great. You try something new, you start something new, you go into under uncharted territory in your life, and then you realize, you know what, it'd be crazy if I just stepped out all the way. And there's no way of knowing how it's going to end up, so you just play it safe. You just, you just touch your toe, you just tap your toe in. And, and chances are, it probably didn't work out. Probably didn't work. Why? Because nothing that you half-heartedly commit to is ever going to pay dividends in life for you. Nothing. If you're not all the way in, you only have two options, all in or all out. Halfway is not going to pay dividends for you. It's not going to result in the life that you're looking to build. You just tap to toe. But you, you want to make sure while you're doing it that like that one foot's still on solid ground, right? Like... You didn't commit all the way. You didn't, you didn't fully invest all the way. You didn't sell what you had to, to pay for the new startup or the new venture. You didn't leave it all behind to step into what God was asking you to do. So as we look at this story, honestly, there's, 
There's so many things in this story that, that, you could, that we could pull from. There's so many lessons. Honestly, we could take a whole series and just talk about this one story, and we'd have enough content for all four weeks and talk about something different. We could talk about um, how Peter walked on water, but then he lost his focus. And many of you should be walking on top of the very things that are drowning you right now. But you lack the discipline to stay focused. Peter didn't sink because he lacked faith. Peter sunk because when he stepped out of the boat, he lacked the focus. We could talk about how just to get from one season to another, there's always a period of testing. There's always some place in the middle. Jesus called his disciples to go from one shore to another across the lake. And he went on ahead because he had a plan. He wanted to test the disciples first, right, to see how they handled this storm. See, some of you haven't graduated to the next season in your life because God keeps waiting for you to respond the right way before he shows you the next way. We could talk about that. Those would be good, but those are going to be messages for another day. Today, the title of your message is Sure Footing in an Unstable World. Sure Footing in an Unstable World. And I've got three points for us today to pull from this story this morning. Number one, fulfillment is found outside the boat. Fulfillment is found outside the boat. Listen, everything that God promises for you is available to you, but it's available outside the boat, outside your comfort, outside your safety. Isaiah chapter 58, verse 11, this comes out of the English Standard Version. It says this, And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. In the scorched places, in the hard places of life, the dry places of life, in the uncomfortable places of life, that's where God is guiding you into fulfillment That's where God is satisfying your desires, your personal satisfaction. Listen, no one has ever found true satisfaction sitting on the fence and watching his life pass him by. Nobody. I heard one time somebody told me the fence belongs to the devil. The fence belongs to Satan. And as long as you're sitting and you're stagnant and you're just watching life pass you by, you're never going to be fulfilled and you're never going to make a difference. You know, your life's never going to be fulfilled as long as you stay in your comfort zone, in those safe places. And, and you, Peter didn't give a heck, though. Peter didn't. He didn't, he didn't give a heck at all. He, he stepped right out of the boat, but then, and he sank because he didn't have the focus, right? He sank because he took his eyes off of, of Jesus, and we give him heck over it. We say, what about, but Peter, we, I mean... He, yeah, he did it, maybe a couple of steps, but then he sank. But what about the other 11 guys that were sitting in the boat? That's what I want to talk about. Peter stepped out. Peter did his thing. And then there's 11 other dudes in the boat that didn't do a thing. You know what caused Peter to step out of the boat? Peter decided that he would rather drown trying to follow God than live a life casually inside of the boat. 
And I hope that's the way that we can set our hearts before we walk out of here today, that I would rather drown following God. I would rather everything be, I would rather everything be stripped away from me, my life broken, and I'm still following God than me to sit on the sidelines and watch his life pass me by as I casually sat inside my comfort zone and watched people go to hell and watched people, their lives being destroyed. And I had, I had the remedy, but just didn't want to share it. Peter would rather risk everything on the chance that something amazing could happen outside of his comfort. Listen, everything that you've ever wanted could be just outside your grasp, but you're never going to know if you choose to live your life constrained to comfort. Fulfillment is found outside of the boat. Number two, number two, you can't wait for calm. You can't wait for calm. See, Peter couldn't wait on the sea to settle before he stepped out. And you can't wait on life to calm down before you answer God's call, before you answer what God's calling you to, calling you to do. You can't wait on life to calm down. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 and verse 4 says this. Listen to this. Pay attention carefully. Because when I saw this verse... Something clicked and everything made sense for a moment. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. And whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. That means if you're spending your time waiting for everything to be perfect, you're watching the wind. You're looking at the clouds. You're trying to make sure everything is good before you start planting. Before you start sowing the seed that God tells us to, to, to plant and, and doing the things that God calls us, us to do. If you're waiting on it to be perfect, it's never going to happen. You're never going to reap a harvest. You're never going to have anything come back to you. If you spend your life stuck on what ifs, you're going to miss your what could be's. What could happen? I don't know. See, what happens is we ask, we ask the question, well, what if? You know, here's a question that I used to ask myself all the time. When I was, I'd see somebody walk by and I just knew I needed to pray for them. And I said, well, what if I prayed for them and it didn't happen? And I felt it inside me one day, God said, but what if you prayed for him and it did? So you'll miss your what could be's if you found your life on your what ifs. See, when God calls, it's always a test. Every, every single time God's calling, he's always testing. He's testing. It, it, how would you respond? What kind of test would it, would it be if, uh, if you got your test laid out in school, your paper was already on your desk, and all the answers were already filled in for you? What kind of a test is that? And what kind of a test would it be if God gave you all the answers to the questions? Some of y'all in school say, a good one. That's the kind. That would be a good test. But the test from God is, is not, will you respond when everything has worked itself out? No, it's, it's, will you respond even in the face of uncertainty? Even when it makes no sense, will you still say yes? That's the test. Will you, will you trust God even when the water's rough? Will you step out of the boat even though it seems risky? You can't wait for your life to quiet down before you move on the dream that God has put in your heart. Can't, can't do it. 
You can't wait on everything to make sense before you take your first step. In the Old Testament, there's this guy named Abraham. And uh, he's actually called the father of our faith. And there's this guy named Abraham. And, and God's called Abraham one day. He said, go to a land I'll show you. And Abraham says, okay, where am I going? And God essentially just says, go. <laughs> I'll show you when you go. I'll show you as you step. I'll show you once you get moving. And Abraham didn't wait on directions. He went on a word. He felt it from God speak to him. He didn't wait on, he didn't wait on directions of where to go. He, he went on a word. See, you're waiting on God to give you the destination, but God's only going to point you in the direction. You're waiting on him to tell you what, is, what exactly is going to happen when I get there. And God says, no, you got to take the first step first. You're waiting for God to give you the step by step, and he's waiting for you to take the first step. You can't wait till it's calm. You just got to go. You felt a word from God. You felt that God spoke something to you. And listen, and it's big. Anytime that God tells us to do something, asks us to do something, it's for a reason. And it's, and it's going to make an impact. And it's going to make a difference. But you can't wait for calm. Then number three, got to know Jesus is your safety net. Jesus is your safety net. Listen, he's not going to let you down. It may not always look pretty, okay? It, it's not going to. My life has not been uh, the, the prettiest thing you've ever seen since I started following Jesus. It's not pretty, but here's what I can tell you, that God is not going to let you down when you step out in faith on him. It may not look pretty, but it's going to work out. God is not going to let your faith cause you to fall. And if you step out and stumble, God's right there to catch you. Peter stepped out. He lost his focus. God didn't let him drown. Immediately it says he reached down and he caught him. Listen, if you're waiting to be sure if it's God calling you, you're going to stay waiting for a while. You're like, was it God? Was it that pizza I ate last night? You know what I mean? You're, if you're waiting to be sure of it, you're going to be waiting for a while. I'm going to tell you a little secret, okay? Secret. I don't, when it comes to stepping out in faith, I have never really been more than 80% sure that it was God in any big step of faith I've ever taken. Never been 100%. Only ever been maybe 80. And you're like, that may not inspire your confidence in me today. But that's not, my, that's not my goal. My goal is not to inspire confidence in me. My goal is to inspire your confidence in God because even if I was just 80% sure, God has still never let me down. He's my safety net. What do I do if I missed it? You're asking that question. You say, what do I do? What do I do here? If it wasn't God, what if I'm accidentally doing something that didn't come from God? What if I make a mistake? Listen, that's okay. At least you're moving. At least you're doing something. God can course correct. Don't let your fear of missing it paralyze you. Because 
You can't steer a ship that's sitting in the harbor. God can't direct a life that lacks motion. Even if, you, even if you're like, what if I miss it? You're still taking the step. You're still moving. And, and then God's going to come and he's going to go, whoop. he's going to adjust your shoulders. He's going to turn you in the right direction. Because he needs motion in order to make it work. You're stepping out in faith. You're scared. You hate the idea of the unknown. You have no idea what to expect. It may feel like you're stepping out onto unstable ground. But here's what the Bible says. I want to encourage you with it. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 25. It says, the rain came down. Jesus is, Jesus is telling a story here. It's called a parable. And he talks about this house that was built on the sand and and winds came, rain came, blew it over. But then he said, anybody that founds themselves on what I've spoken, what I've taught, this is what he says. Then the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Even when the rains come, the streams rise, the winds blow, if you have your life centered on the foundation of following Jesus, you will not fail and you will not fall. It's a promise. It's a promise that Jesus makes. Those who found themselves on the rock of God's teaching, when everything comes against them, you will not fall. See, Jesus will give you solid footing even when the world around you seems unstable. This is promised us. You know, I was reading this. I was, I was reading this and I saw something I, I'd never noticed before. Guys, you can, you can, the word of God is never changing, but at the same time, it's ever evolving. So like every time that you, you read it, you're, God is revealing more and more of himself to you. So if you, if, you, if you study your Bible, you can study the same verse of Scripture over and over and over, and that same verse will show it to you, show itself to you in, in completely different ways. I read, I read Scripture today that I read a year from now, and my notes are so different. Anyway, I, I was reading this, and I saw something I'd never, I'd never seen before. You know Peter walking on water? wasn't even Jesus' idea. It was crazy to me. I was reading, I was like, what? Jesus was, Jesus, he didn't even, he wasn't even the one that said, hey, Peter, come on out here. No, it was Peter. Peter said, hey, if that's you, tell me to come on. And Jesus said, all right, if you want to, come on out. It was Peter who said it. It was Peter who said, if it's you, let me come to you. And you know what? Some of you may be lacking something in your life just because simply you haven't asked for it. You haven't asked for it yet. But then God took that, that thing just a little bit deeper for me. You know... Jesus announced his presence, but it was Peter who made the first step. Because the presence of God creates in us an urge to draw close to him, 
The true presence of God creates this urge for us to draw close. Jesus announced himself, and then something inside of Peter said, Lord, let me come to you. I just want to be close. He said, I don't know about the wind. I don't know about the waves. I don't know about the other people that are still in the boat, but none of it matters. Lord, let me come to you. See, there's this innate desire in all of humanity to be connected with our creator, to be close to our father. There's this desire for us to be in the presence of God. And listen, God's presence is always beckoning us. It's always calling us. It's always calling us in. And listen, don't confuse this with the, the motives of people. Don't, don't confuse God's call and, 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 and his presence with the motives of other people. Not the nasty churchgoers that told you to clean yourself up before you had to walk in those doors again. Not the church that posted the sign that you weren't allowed to come on in until you successfully met the dress code next week. God is always calling you. God is always asking you to come closer. Cleaning yourself up is not your job. Cleaning your life up is, does not belong to you. Listen, if you could have done it, you would have already. Let's be real. Cleaning your life up belongs to Jesus. And he'll do it. But he said, first you've got to come close. You've got to draw near. Don't confuse this with, with, with how the church has treated you in the past. No, the true presence of God causes us to want to draw near to him. And the word of God says in the book of James that if we draw near to God, God will draw near to us. If we take that step, God's going to take that step. His presence is there. He's announced it. Jesus announced his presence, but Peter took the first step. God's there with you in your indecision, in your fear, in your storm, in your turmoil. But listen, he's standing there. His presence has made itself known. The next step is yours. Are you going to step out of the boat? Are you going to come out of your comfort and say yes? Are you ready to take this crazy leap of faith? Maybe before you walked in here today, you weren't quite sure what, was, what, what it was that's happening in your life. And you just knew that something was up. And today you can come to this realization that it wasn't what you thought maybe. It was God. It was Jesus calling you. Something was happening. Something was changing around. You're like, what is going on? It's God calling you close. He's been moving things and stirring things and you feel that desire to draw in. Listen, God is announcing his presence to you today. How are you going to respond? Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, have a great week.